Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Iris again. Do you know, it doesn't seem like a whole month since we had John Shiver with us, but, you know, it is well, near enough. And I was just thinking about the fullness of time, John, you know, how, how time just whizzes by. But it comes now in such a volume. It's full of everything. And then it's gone before you realize you've had it. Well, it seems like it's moving faster than ever before. Good morning, Iris. It's good to be back with you. Again, I always look forward to our times together across, across the vastness of the Atlantic Ocean by technology. Well, it's a bit different, isn't it? It saves a lot of money, doesn't it, not having to fly. <laughs> I think every I think every time we do this, I think of the all night, the all night plane ride across for eight hours across the Atlantic, and and now I can sit in my office and you can sit in your office and we can click a mouse a few times and all of a sudden we're connected and we're we're ministering to your audience. That that's just amazing to me. It is, it is a lot easier. It means we can meet a lot more often as well, I think. Well, this is very, very, very easy. But good morning and bless you. We so appreciate your ministry and all you're doing for Jesus in so many places. Well, let's see where he's going to go with you today, because we appreciate your ministry as well. Wow. I did wow. tell you, I put you on the podcast uh, page on the website. And you took an amazing amount of hits in one day, in the first day. I think it was like 226. Oh, my. The next nearest one to that was 13. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's encouraging. We want to be a blessing. We really want to be a blessing to people. We're not just doing this for the sake of doing something. We, right. we really pray and we want for, for God to bless the people people that that connect by the podcast and however they connect we want for people to be blessed well i think that's happening definitely because they downloaded as well they did a bit of downloading so that's always encouraging well that's wonderful going back to fullness in time i was reading from galatians chapter 4 uh, verse 4 through 6 um, but then the fullness of the time had come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Mm -hmm. Brings you back to that love theme again, doesn't it? God so loved the world. He does. He really does. Yeah. I really believe, not just with my head, but with my spirit, that we are living in a prophetic time, that everything that's going on around us, that we see that we have to confront every day, all of the, the issues of COVID and lockdowns, all the, the political upheaval in your nation and in my nation. Um, America has never been in its entire existence, where we are today as a people. I look at all of these things, and I try to figure it out with my head, but there's no figuring it out with my head. 
But that's that reference to the fullness of time explains absolutely everything. When we put all that you are facing and your listeners are facing and what we're facing in America within the context of we really are living in prophetic days, days of prophetic fulfillment, because the times are at their fullness. That's right. And things are coming together. I, I just, I'm astounded at, at all that is happening. It is happening so quickly. Yes. So quickly with such amazing, and yet it was all foretold. It was all written about by the prophets who had no way by their natural abilities to see and understand the words that they, they, they spoke and the words that were recorded by them that are in our Bible today. They had no concept of what they were saying, but they simply spoke and they wrote what they saw in their spirit. And now we see the unfolding of everything they saw that was unimaginable to them in their time on the earth. In our generation, we see it all coming together because it is the time of the fullness of times. That's right. I mean, another translation just puts that when the time was right. Yes, yes. Yes. And that, that really brings the whole thing to bear that this is a time that we that we know about when Jesus was crucified. Yes. It isn't something new. And when the yes. time is right, Jesus is going to come back to earth. Yes. I, I don't know how he's going to do that, but it's going to be a surprise, I should think, for everybody. Well, Jesus is going to come for us, the believing church, first. Oh, good. He's going to come for us. And maybe we ought to teach about that some, yeah. at some point in our times together. But but the Bible says that in like as in the days of Noah, that people were buying and selling and marrying and living their normal lives, that in that moment, Jesus would suddenly come quickly. And I believe he will come for the church. And in the twinkling of an eye, we will be, the dead in Christ will be raised. And those of us that are alive and remain, the Apostle Paul said, will be caught up alive with, with, with all, all of the believing church to meet him in the air, in the clouds. And forever we shall be with the Lord. And then at the end of that, seven years that would follow that. We don't have time to get into this today. We come back with him to rule and reign in the earth. But we're living, Iris, I believe it with every fiber of my being, that we're living literally in those days that, that the prophets prophesied of and, and that Jesus spoke of and the New Testament spoke about, taught about, prophesied, and and then the our Bible, our Bible ends with Jesus saying 2,000 years ago through John the Apostle, 
on the Isle of Patmos. Our, our Bible, the book of Revelation, ends with Jesus saying to the church three times in the last chapter, I'm coming quickly. Yeah. I'm coming back. And that's the great, that's the great hope of the church. You know, in the fullness of time with all the the upheaval and the, the the unimaginable things that are happening all about us today. I was I was reading a couple of days ago from Hebrews chapter eleven. Now some someone once asked me what my favorite book of the Bible is. And I replied to them, my favorite book of the Bible is the one I'm reading in today. I love them all. I can't say, I cannot say to save me which one I like the best because they're all inspired. They're all filled with the life and the power and the fire of God, and they're all true. But I was reading in Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the great faith chapter. And I, th I think this scripture really ties in with what you were saying about the fullness of time. I was reading the passage in Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 23, where as, as Hebrews is talking about all these great men and women that lived in faith, he came to the portion where he spoke about Moses. And he said, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and were not afraid of the king's command. Now, go back and read the account of the life of Moses and how he was, he was, he was born of a, of a Hebrew father and Hebrew mother, but, but because Pharaoh was in the process of trying to kill off all the, the boy babies born to the Hebrews because he was afraid that they were multiplying so fast that they could potentially come up and have a revolt against him. And so he wanted to kill off all the boy babies. But Moses' mother gave birth to him and to save him. You remember the story how they put him in a basket, hid him in the and the bulrushes on the on the shore of the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter came to to bathe and saw this baby and took him and made that baby part of the royal family. And he was raised in the house of Pharaoh as one of the sons of Pharaoh. Was educated, lived the lifestyle, never had need of anything because he was in the house of the most powerful political man on earth. He was a beautiful child. But verse 24 says, by faith, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. When he became a man, he, he literally renounced his his rightful inheritance as an heir of Pharaoh to identify with the Jewish people that were in, in Egypt as slaves because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. 
Now, isn't it interesting that in verse 26, it said that Moses, now, Iris, this is Moses. This is in the Old Testament. This is in the Old Testament. This was after the baby was born in Bethlehem's manger. This was after the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in his ministry. This was before the, the cross, the, the crucifixion, the death, the resurrection, the ascension. This was all a couple of thousand years before any of that happened. Verse 26 said that Moses, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of, of, of being a part of the house and the family and the lineage of Pharaoh. Now, that's amazing that Moses is looking to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Millenniums before Jesus was even born. And so verse 27 says, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, here is a, here is a man that was rightfully, legally entitled to enjoy all the wealth and all the blessings and the lifestyle of luxury that was rightfully his in the house of Pharaoh. But he walked away from all of that, wound up exiled in the wilderness until he's 80 years old because he was seeing him who is invisible. Aris, I believe that the thing one of the things that's happening right now in your nation, in America, and perhaps other nations that are, are, are listening today is that in this time of global upheaval, God is calling us to live, to work, to be, in our lives, totally controlled, motivated, because we are seeing him who is invisible. If we live by everything that's going on around us, we're going to be afraid, frightened, confused, bewildered, upset, living in continual uncertainty. But when we live out of our knowledge, seeing, hearing, worshiping, believing, trusting in one who is invisible to us, this wonderful presence, this wonderful glory, this wonderful great third person of the Trinity, the great Holy Spirit that has been given unto us as believers. And we live in that, realizing that all of this that's going on around us is very, very temporary 
because we're living in the day of the fullness of time, and Jesus is coming very, very soon. And all this other stuff, it's really at the end of the day. It's temporary. Our hearts are fixed on what is eternal. Yeah, that's very, very true. I, you know, I, this particular verse really points to the birth of Jesus, doesn't it? But even so, just that phrase, the fullness of time, and the fact that it's when the time was right. And that time, when we look around, John, and see the world as it is today, with all the borders broken down and everything happening everywhere it's i mean thousands millions without homes and you've just got to save the world come on as a world we've had enough yes yeah just looking for god and jesus to come yes well iris i am a great great believer in the sovereignty of god Mm. nothing catches god by surprise that everything, I mean, how, how do we even measure time? We, I have a, I have a, a watch that I, I wear. I have a clock on my wall. Over here on my desk, I have a gift that was given to me by a pastor in a church where we were having great revival meetings. I mean, the meetings went day and night, six days a week for four or five weeks, I guess. And it was in that time that this pastor friend gave me an hourglass. Have you ever seen an hourglass? That's a beautiful one. It's a beautiful hourglass. And it sits here on a shelf in my office. But as you can see, the, the white sand in the top is, is traveling through a very, very narrow opening into the, can you see that? Into the bulb on the bottom. And so, you know, I feel like that that's, that's time. I'm just going to set that right here for a few moments and we can continue visiting together with your audience. But as I'm talking as I'm sharing with you, I look over there. Well, the the sand is still going through the hourglass. It goes and fast as well, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I know it does. Well, it's still traveling. I believe in the sovereignty of God. We are living in prophetic times. I saw something really amazing, um, read about it, that's happening right now in the next... In, in the next week is the, I, I know Europe, the UK is very cloudy this time of year. But if you were able to go to a dry climate, Northern Africa or the Middle East or whether, where, there, where, where there's few, if any, clouds, you would be able to see an amazing, an amazing sight in just a few days. And that is the, the planet Jupiter and the planet Saturn in their revolutions are coming together in a way that I believe it is 
I believe that it is December the 21st or 22nd. It's already beginning to happen now. They're getting very, very close at night. But the 21st or 22nd of December, they are going to become as one in the night sky. And when that happens, it is going to make the most beautiful, brilliant, standout star in the sky because they come together as one. This is the first time that has happened in 800 years. Many, many scientists believe that this was probably what happened at the time of Jesus' birth, that these two planets came came merged as one, that their orbits coincided at a particular time and moment. And those astrologers that, that were operating in the demonic, but they were scientists as well, they interpreted these two planets coming together, creating this brilliant light in the sky as having great significance. And when they saw that beginning to happen, they began to follow that star to see where it was because they believed that something was happening and great royalty, a great king was 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 suddenly arising, and that's that's what they were following. Now, you know, we in the church, we think there were three wise men. That's, I guess that just works out better for the Christmas play at church is to have three wise men. But there were not three wise men. There were, in all likelihood, there were probably several hundred that came, and they brought many more with them soldiers to protect them as they traveled through these foreign lands and they were carrying great wealth because they were on their way to introduce themselves to a world ruler and so it could have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all following that bright light in the sky at night and they came and they brought Jesus this little newborn baby, yeah. these these lavish gifts to celebrate his, his his birth. Well, how did all that come together? That Isaiah is prophesying, and 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 all the prophets are prophesying in the Old Testament. Even the even the Bible says, "Oh Bethlehem, though you are." are least among all the villages, yet out of you will will come the one that will rule. The whole Isaiah was prophesying that a virgin, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, a, a young girl. All of these things, how he would come, how the weight of the government would be upon his shoulders, that he would become Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can you imagine 
all the the bizarre things that they were prophesying. I mean, virgins having babies that would shoulder the, the rulership of the world coming out of a little village that is least among all the villages of of that part of the world would he be born and then and then planets planets iris that in out in space that would be coming together in alignment at just the right season in order that people in hundreds and hundreds of miles away would recognize that royalty a, a new royal leader has has been born and and all i mean even the solar system the planets the prophets virgins having babies prophesying prophets prophesying impossible things hundreds of years before it all happened, and yet it all came together at the time, yeah. the appointed time, at the fullness of time. And I believe that you and I and all of your audience today, I believe with every fiber of my being that it's all coming together again. That's right. That's right. And nothing that's going on is happening by accident. Nothing that is going on is taking place that God has not already been made aware of it. Right. It's been coming for a long, long time. Yeah. And ultimately, I believe it's going to be the, the, the revelation of Jesus. Look at my hourglass. <laughs> the sand continues to flow. And there's more there now than was there when we looked. I'll put it back over here and let's just, the sand is continuing to go through the glass. But there will come a time in a few minutes that every all, all that needed to happen will all have been downloaded from one side of the hourglass into the other side of the hourglass. You see, I believe Isaiah prophesied about where we are today in chapter 60. And he said, arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. He said, for darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people but his glory shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you and even kings, royalty, prime ministers, presidents, chancellors, royalty and leadership the global will come to the brightness of your rising. Can you imagine such? And so as, as, as dark as it gets out there all about us, and as crazy as it all seems right now, I believe that it's just like this hourglass. The sand is flowing through it steadily, and time is passing quickly, and it's, and, and it's, it's all pointing in the direction of the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old and the New Testaments. 
and all that Jesus spoke about when he went away. One of my favorite scenes in the in the Bible were the disciples of Jesus as they stood out on the hill outside of Jerusalem. I've been there to that beautiful place, the Mount of Olives outside of, 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 of just outside the Eastern wall of, of Jerusalem where Jesus ascended into heaven. And as he was being taken up in the cloud, his disciples stood there watching him go. And suddenly there were, there were angels there standing with them. And he said these words. He said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up? For this same Jesus will come again in like manner. This same Jesus is coming again in like manner. And so this this Christmas time, you know, everybody's celebrating the birth of a baby. But Iris, this is more than a birthday party for a baby. This is a celebration of 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 who Jesus really, really is. And And I love that scripture about Moses, how he walked away from Egypt. He walked away from the house of Pharaoh because he was seeing him who is invisible. And when we we start seeing him who is invisible, that is behind the gathering in and the fulfilling of all the things the Bible has spoken about. And I believe we're living in those days when we, when we really begin to frame everything that's going on from, from heaven's perspective, from the Bible's perspective, seeing him that's invisible, my God, everything begins to change and our hearts begin to get light and our hearts begin to be filled with joy. And our hearts are not troubled and and burdened and broken down by all the craziness that we see going on about us. But we lift. Jesus said before he went away, he said, when you see all these things coming to pass, lift up your head and rejoice for the day of your redemption is drawing very, very near. I've still got my hourglass and look how much sand has gone through it. And I look at these days we're living in right now, just like that sand moving through the hourglass, all coming to to a point in time that the fullness of time has been completed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, that starts a new time, doesn't it? A new age and new things going on. Yes, yes. Mm. Well, you know, Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot and without blemish can you imagine i don't i don't see that in the earth with my eyes i don't see that in the earth but god is raising up a people today that that are going to live by and work and serve and do all we do because we see something we see something that the world does not see. 
and we hear something that the world does not hear. That's right. That's right. You know, I I spoke with a pastor yesterday, but I haven't seen him for oh, how long we've we been here? Probably about twenty over twenty years. And I just saw him near my Facebook, so I I, I invited him on, and we were talking and. We ended up recording just on a chat yesterday and he had a church in Swansea in Wales and he was there for 25 years and we used to go to conferences there Ray McCauley and you know, some of those big named people at that time you know, the conferences were quite lively and amazing and things happening and he said to me he said I don't he said, I've stepped away from, the, you know, back from the, the, the church. He said, I'm, I'm still at the church, but I'm not involved now in the day-to-day -day running. I've, I've handed it on to the younger ones. I said, oh, that's good. And he said, because God has called me, he said, to go out. He's 77, John. And, uh, and I said, oh, wow, I really want to talk to you about that, you know. Uh -huh. He was just saying, he said, do you know, he said, Iris, he said, I... I saw, he said, I felt the need to, to start studying again. He said, and I wanted to study Paul. He said, he said, I wish I'd done earlier, he said, all those years. So I said, really? And he said, yeah, he said, because I learned a lot. And he was talking about the, the, the child, the father, and their young men. And he said, now, he said, I understand why God's written it that way. Because the father is in the middle. So how father has to be there for the young people to bring them the right way up. But he also has to be there as they grow up as well. He is still teaching them and feeding them and looking out for them. And he was telling me that most of the churches he goes to now to preach, uh, and he preaches on grace, he, um, he said, I run by, by young people. And he said, they can't get enough. He said, they sit there absolutely glued to every word. Wow. So the, the purpose is that God has just made it possible in his plan for older people to be around to feed the younger ones even now. Because yes. one of my concerns really was, what will this generation do who have lost Jesus, who never really hear about him anymore because everything's been taken out of the schools? The only people that teach them are people sort of my age. Yes. Maybe a bit younger, your age. Yes. Well, Iris, I have such a, a passion, and I, I didn't just start feeling this way last week for loving the written word of God. Yeah. And if, if, if I had only, if I had only two things to say to people, if I, if I only had the opportunity to say two things to a new Christian a new believer, that if you understand these two things, you have 
everything you will ever know, need to know. You will not need to go to the theological school and earn a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctorate degree. You will not need... You, you will not need that. If you know these two things, these two things will, will get you from the starting line to the finish line, and God will use you, will bless you, will, will meet every need that you ever need while we are in this world, if you know only two things. Those two things are these. Number one, the written word of God. The written word of God. It is spirit and it is life. It is, it is a sharper than a two-edged sword that will separate the, the flesh and the carnal and the natural from the spirit. And the second thing, the second thing is to know the Holy Spirit, that we would know the person of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one that wrote the book. <laughs> he is the one that inspired the book. That's right. And if we will love the word, and we will know and love and cherish and value the presence of God, like seeing him that is invisible. If we can have the word of God and love and have friendship and fellowship and communion with the spirit of God, we have everything we need to know to make it in this life and for God to use us for his glory, to run our race and finish our course. Now, I'm not saying those two things are all we need. We need other things too. We need the church. We need the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We need other believers. We need we need great teaching from the teaching that we need books. We need worship. We need to hear the voice of God through the prophetic. But if we only had two, if we only had two, and we had a love for the word and a love for the Holy Spirit, we would have enough for God to do everything he called us to do while we're in the life. I am absolutely positively 100%. And as we come closer and closer to that fullness of time, oh, by the way, let's see how the hourglass is going. Look at there, how much is run through. Yeah, yeah. As we get closer and closer and closer to the fullness of time, the revelation and the fulfilling of the word of God under the leadership of the Holy Ghost, yeah. raising up a people that, that see and hear and understand and live by one that's invisible. Yeah. 
all of that is going to come together for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the world has ever seen. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And all the craziness that's going on and all the upheaval that's going on all about us is creating an environment spiritually that the world is getting hungry for the reality of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it with every fiber of my being. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What's going on around the world, you know, is, is some of the worst days that many people have ever had. But it's but for the believer that sees him who is invisible and loves what he said in his word and loves his glory and his presence under the, the tutorage of the Holy Spirit, these are going to turn into the greatest days. Yeah, definitely. You see, in many places, churches just want to have a program. They just want to have a program, a nice, predictable program. Mm -hmm. I, they, they just want to provide entertainment that attracts people, which I've always thought it was kind of funny because I live in central Florida. I live an, an hour from Disney World, an hour from SeaWorld, an hour from the Magic Kingdom, the Animal Kingdom, Epcot. I live an hour from, from, from the beautiful blue-green water and white sand beach from where I, I, I'm surrounded by water, I'm surrounded by beach, I'm surrounded by the entertainment capital of the world. I can't imagine being a pastor of a church trying to compete with entertainment. Why would people? But the thing that will bring people to church in mass is not entertainment. What will bring people is the reality of truth and the mighty power and presence and glory of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And if we get those things right, that's what the world's looking for. They're not looking for another entertainment on Sunday at the golf course, at, at the amusements, at, at the beach, the boats, the, all these other things. The world is looking for God. That's right. That's right. They're hungry for God, and it's all coming together because these are the, the fulfilling of the fullness of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very true. I, I was talking to somebody, somebody I, I've known for many, many years, and we were in Devon, and I helped him when he, he was, when I was running the Christian Center there, and we helped him get back on his feet, you know, we gave him a job with us that was unpaid. He was a volunteer and it was coming alongside the job center because they were paying job seekers money. So he had to report to them often. And, and that, you know, that guy went out and he got a job in a hotel. He now has his own decorating business and he still keeps in touch with me sometimes, but he didn't, 
he just didn't want to know anything about Jesus. And yet he saw the whole thing in operation. You know, he worked there for over a year. Uh And but recently he called me from the hospital bed and he'd had something go wrong with his heart. And he had he was waiting for a bypass operation. And they kept him in hospital, in one hospital for weeks. And then they moved him to Exeter Hospital. From Exeter, he was there for a couple of weeks. And then the next thing I know, I got a text um, just over a week ago on the Sunday morning to say, I'm having the operation in the morning at 7 a.m. on the Sunday morning. So I thought, well, there's no point in phoning him later that day because this was open heart surgery. We prayed for him, just left him in God's hands and felt quite comfortable about that. Later, a couple of, probably about three days on the third day, I called him. And I was shocked to find his whole face was covered in a mask with this big oxygen tube. And of course, he couldn't speak to us. He could only give us thumbs up because he, he put on, he answered the phone on his video. So I said, I'll, I'll call you in, in, a, in, a, in a few days, just, just rest up. But that guy now has been so close, I feel, to a revelation of who Jesus is. But he didn't even want to let my call go, you know. And I just said, we're, we're praying for you still. And he just nodded. So what I'm saying here is there comes a time for everybody. And with what is going on out of there, you don't have to get physically ill before you actually start thinking about God. But it's often the way that it happens when you get near to death's door. And you're suddenly faced impromptuly that any minute. Yes. That really shifts people into another gear. Yes. It's so true. It's happening a lot with COVID around. People are just looking. The online churches are inundated with people over here anyway, inundated with people who are not, not churchgoers and hardly believers. They're just coming online on thousands to online church. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, you you know, that fullness of time has got to be, the time is right. Yes. Because it would never have normally happened. But Iris, I think one of the things that's so critically important for us to keep right in the middle of our windshield as we go forward here is that God loves us, that God loves us, that he passionately loves the world. The Bible says, for God so loved, so loved. doesn't just say God loved. It said God so, so, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And when people realize how frail this life is, how frail this life is and how temporary, people suddenly become very, very open to the realities of eternity. 
And we must keep it in our minds that, that God loves people. He's not, God is not sending COVID to see how miserable he can make people, how frightened he can cause people to come. God is not doing these things out of wrath. I, I, I keep saying this, and you as one of my one of my dear friends and one of my dear prayer partners, you know this, that I keep saying again and again and again to people, we are not in the great tribulation. This is not the tribulation. This is not, this is not the tribulation spoken of in the Bible. We are living in the last days, but we are not in the tribulation. The church is here. Jesus is coming for his bride. But this is not the tribulation. It is going to get darker and darker and darker in the earth. But it, the darker it gets out there, the brighter it is going to become for us. Because like Isaiah said, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is rising upon you in Isaiah chapter 60. So the, the darkest days of in the natural are going to ultimately produce the days of greatest light and glory and blessing and presence, provision and blessing upon God's people that will come in such a measure that Isaiah said in that day that even kings and heads of state would be drawn to that which we possess, that which we have, because we see a king, like it was like Moses turned his back on the house of Pharaoh, the most powerful king the most powerful man in the world, he turned his back on all of that because he saw a greater one who was invisible. And I believe even heads of state are going to come looking, seeking that which is soon to be ours. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And there's one other thing, isn't there, John, as well? Everybody is on the same level. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Well, I think this I think this COVID virus has has leveled the playing field that it doesn't matter if if you are the poorest of the poor in the smallest village in the darkest part of India or you're the president of the United States, or the prime minister of the UK, COVID is no respecter of persons. That's right. That's right. And so it has been the great equalizer in the year 2020. That's right. It's certainly a year that nobody will forget. Somebody said, somebody local said, um, they don't normally stay up Christmas Eve. They don't bother to see the new year in. She said, I'm going to this year to make sure it's jolly well gone. <laughs> well, I would, I would say to that person, what's going to change on January 1st that's different 
exactly. from the 31st. Exactly. But we can change. We change. The world is not going to change. The world is not a respecter of the calendar. But we change. And this is an opportunity. Seeing the one that is invisible and following him and leading him, being led by him and, and seeking after him with all of our heart. Yeah. We change and the greatest opportunities. I, I believe great financial provision is going to, to be released supernaturally. I mean, I believe that there are people that perhaps listening to your program today that are struggling financially. I believe we're going to move into a day of great supernatural provision of not just enough, but enough plus 12 baskets full. That's right. That's right. To those that, to those that seek after the one who is invisible with all of their heart. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. All this other stuff will be provided automatically That's by right. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Mm -hmm. So. That's where we are. We just carry on regardless. We, we carry on, but yeah. it's still running through. Yeah, it is. The wind is still running through the hourglass. We're living in the fullness of time. Yeah. When all things are going to, when I, when I read that about Jupiter and Saturn mm. coming together at, at this Christmas time to form the brightest star that's yeah. been seen and to form the brightest light, I don't mean star in the, yeah, the light. literal sense, but the brightest point of light in the night sky brighter than anything that's happened in 800 years i thought you know there's got to be meaning there i mean that would also be seen around the world wouldn't that yeah yes it's not just limited to one location and so i saw that recently um described something i was looking at on the internet and that, and that popped up that was on YouTube or something. I thought, what's that? And um, they were talking about, was that the star? And so they were doing something about a pageant. All right, I didn't go all through it, but this one particular thing caught me. Was that the star that, that the shepherds saw? It was eight-pointed, and this thing that they were making for the kids' note or whatever it was, was, it was an eight-pointed Star of David type of, of um, star. Yes. And, yes. and I got a vision as you were talking about that. And then it said something about it would be the first time it would be seen happening in 800 years. And I just saw this flash of light go like that. And then this, this shape. And I thought, well, at least the Christmas cards have got that bit right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do we get it from when it's not something that we see? in our lifetime basically yes in, in a lifetime yes yes well as I, I shared with you earlier i am i am a great believer in the sovereignty of god 
and that the times and the seasons are all in his hands. And he holds everything together by his great power from, from the little atom with the electrons and neutrons and protons that form the building blocks of everything about us. Those little atoms coming together and, and all of their components to form molecules and molecules coming together to form cells and cells joining together to form us. And, and who we are, and the 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 amazing, miraculous. I mean, just look in the mirror and and see yourself. You're a miracle. I mean, we are miracles, literally. Doctors doctors still do not understand how all of this works. You know, a you know a person can go to the hospital and have surgery, but it's God that does the healing. The doctor can make the incisions, but God can't, but the doctor can't make it all grow back together. And we look at ourselves and we look at nature. We look at, at the sky and the, the oceans and the water and the trees and the grass and the flowers and the animals. I mean, all the, all the things, look at the snowflakes. America's getting ready to have a big deluge of, of snowstorms in the next few days up in the Northeast. And yet scientists say there are no, there are no two snowflakes exactly alike. That's and, then, and then compare that to the vastness of space mm-hmm. and the perfect order of all. And yet the one that designed it all and created it all and holds it all together, loves us. I can't get my head around it. And we are his children. And that's the reason that Moses could walk out of the home of the wealthiest man on the planet to follow another one who was far greater, though he was invisible for a time, until we see him face to face. Amazing. Amazing grace. But he loves us. Mm. He's for us. He knew he knew us in the womb before we were even born. Mm. The Bible tells us that that all the all the things of our lives were written in his book before we ever were. He, he said to Jeremiah, he said, for I knew you before I formed you in the womb and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. You see, this is, it looks like chaos all around us with our natural minds. But when we see the one that's invisible, it's not chaotic at all. It's him bringing everything to a final climax. Yeah. When all things are completed and Jesus comes. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. Well, Mm. things may 
we may feel like things are out of our control, but nothing is ever out of his control. That's right. I found it rather comforting, actually, to think that there's no point in worrying and then just letting everything go. Yes. And normally, yeah. you worry yourself sick over situations. If this war, war had been declared, for instance, you would yes. be worrying, worrying. Yes. And looking for bombers and, and where, where do we go for a shelter? I mean, whatever. But there's yeah. something so comforting about this situation. Yes. Iris, I know, I don't know how much time we've got left. It's getting short. Can I pray for your listeners and pray for us today? Yeah, certainly can. Please do. Uh, do we have a minute left? We've got about two or three minutes. All right, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful today for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your grace. Lord, we thank you that we are living in the most exciting times that any generation has ever lived in. We're living in the, the day of the fulfillment of the fullness of times. And Father, I thank you for Iris and for her life and her ministry. And Lord, for all that are listening to this broadcast, this podcast, however they are hearing this today. And Father, I pray great blessing upon them today. I pray great blessing upon them today. Lord, let the eyes of their understanding, as Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1, 16 and 17, 18, where he said, I the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the great hope of his calling. And Lord, the, the eyes of our understanding see the great hope of our calling, the great riches of the glory of our inheritance, and the great power of your spirit that lives inside of us. Give us a revelation of yourself that you love us, you care for us. We're in covenant relationship with you that God, you are sovereign and you've got all this under control. Nothing that's going on has caught you in the least by surprise. Yeah. But Lord, every the sand is running through the hourglass today, all leading up to the great fulfilling, the fulfillment of all that you promised in your word. But as we approach that time coming very, very quickly, that Lord, we love you. We worship you. We want to live our lives now because our hearts are firmly established on you and we seek you with all of our heart. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you. Bless every person that hears this, this time of fellowship together in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord, please be prayed for. Isn't it lovely to have somebody pray for you when you're not expecting it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to pray for each other. Yes, we do. We pray for you both a lot as well. Well, we pray for you every day. Well, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> how, how, you know how, how rich it is. But Iris, the good news today is we are going to make it. Amen. And we are going to be and he is with us not against us he said i'll never leave you nor forsake you his holy spirit is in us and with us and here for us 
to lead us, guide us, teach us, show us everything we need to know to get us from where we are at this moment to the finish line. When we stand before him and we worship him face to face. Well, we just want to say goodbye to all the listeners. Let's have one more look at that hourglass, John. It's almost done. Ooh, it's almost time left in there. <laughs> it's almost done. Well, we just got to say bye-bye to everybody, but we will be back. And we do promise you that we will be back soon. Bye-bye now, everybody.